Welcome to the Relaxed Dog Podcast. The podcast where the dogs are the stars of the show. Welcome to episode 75 of the Relaxed Dog Podcast, sponsored by therelaxeddog.com. Thank you very much for finding this show. Welcome back to all the regular listeners and welcome if you are brand new. I am your host, Robert Ober, and I hope that you and your dog are well. My guest this week is Billy Groom, and she's going to be telling us all about Tulsa. But first, in some doggy news... We go to the USA and in Connecticut, a woman had to go away for the weekend, so she left her dog Indy with her parents who also lived locally. Uh, Indy was having a good time, uh, was about to be taken for a walk and just for a moment was left unattended and Indy took off. Um... Some distraught parents were looking around for Indy, but the woman received a phone call about 20 minutes later from her place of work. So Indy had run a few kilometres to where she regularly used to go to work with her guardian and the people at the workplace recognised her straight away and made contact with her guardian. So uh, Indy actually won the Employee of the Month Award for sprinting into work on a Sunday. Well done, Indy. And now we go to Japan and a little dog by the name of Goma. Now, Goma is a Maltese Papillon mix, and although she is now eight years old, she's only recently getting a massive Instagram following. It's up around 108,000 purely for the fact that she looks cute and has big ears. It's a bit hard to describe on this podcast, so if you want to check her out, her account is M-A-R-U-P-G-O-M-A underscore C. Goma's looks have been described as having Mickey Mouse or koala type ears. Anyway, here's this week's interview. Welcome to the Relaxed Dog Podcast. I am here with Billy Groom. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. This is awesome. I love it. Oh, my pleasure. So, um, whereabouts in the world are you? I am in the middle of Canada. So, I'm. if, if people know the States, I'm straight north of Montana. I'm in the prairies where the joke is you can watch your dog run away for five days straight. That's how flat it is. <laughs> oh, <nice. laughs> and <clears throat> who is going to be the subject of our talk today? Well, she is a little Mexican street mutt, and her name is, she started out with the name Susie, but her name is Tulsa. Tulsa. 
She was named after uh, Don Williams uh, living on Tulsa time because she tends to uh, just live on her own time and make her own decisions. And I think that's the most interesting thing about her and most interesting part of this story. Oh, nice, nice. So I'm going to ask you to um, take us back in time to just before you and Tulsa met and tell us about the hows and whys that that happened. Yeah, that's going back. Well, for me, it goes back 30 years with being an animal advocate and, and rescuing dogs. But in relation to Tulsa, it goes back four years, almost to the day. She, well, I was uh, with a friend of mine, David, who lives in a different, at that time, lived in a different province than myself. And we met down in Mexico to go to this spay and neuter clinic in Tulum. That was organized by a bunch of different rescue organizations and held by a group called VITAS, which is volunteer veterinarians that come and do spay and neuter clinics. So those are fantastic. I'm sure some of your listeners have been involved and know about them. If you haven't, I highly recommend it if they're still going on through this pandemic. But we were going down for 10 days to volunteer and thousands of dogs went through that that and cats and one of the rescue organizations that i have a quite close affiliation with called help to loom dogs was one of the organizers and she asked me to come down to help with it and yeah it was great so it it was literally right to, you know just before right now 10 days ago and we went down and we were staying in this condo and oh my gosh it was like a mash unit just so many people and dogs it's such a great experience and all these dogs were going through and what happens is there's community dogs so people bring the community dogs or the volunteers go out and find them and unfortunately we do have to put them back on the street or give them back to the community because there's nowhere for them to go but they get spayed and neutered and they get healthy and if they need medication there's usually somebody in the community that will knows where they are kind of all the time and the rescue organizations go out and feed them. And that's what happened with uh, help to loom dogs with um, <clears throat> Tulsa and her uh, brother Poncho. So they were in the clinic and they were in this X pen. And I, I looked over to Kathy Rain. I said, what's with those two dogs? And she saw oh, that little Susie and her brother Poncho and, so went over and they were to be spayed and neutered, but little Susie, who's now Tulsa, was too sickly, mm. too emaciated, mm. too sickly. Her brother uh, got neutered, but so we were there for a bit, actually. So when this all started, um, that was right at the beginning of being down there. And so we took them uh, back to the condo that, first night and they actually never saw the street again so they stayed with us in the condo that didn't allow dogs <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and so we volunteered every day you know 12 hours at this and and we took them back with us and and ended up getting uh you know they had all had their shots before because they have to have their shots to be spay or neutered anyway and and so all that had already happened so fast forwarding poncho went with david back to british columbia and uh, Tulsa came up with me in in the plane with me because she was tiny enough. Can I ask 
seeing so many dogs in in that sort of um, similar condition, was there anything that you can pinpoint that that sort of that had that you know made you make that connection with Tulsa? That's a good. It's a good one. Um, gosh, that's such a hard question to answer because there are so many, and there were others that I did feel for. There was a very very large dog. Uh, he was good on the streets. He he connected himself actually with a girl's private school, but he needed eye medication badly, and so um, I supplied all that to the school, and the girls of the school cared for him, and I just felt. He would be, he was good there. It's also sometimes difficult uh, for the airport I come into to bring back a, a really uh, large dog for, for I would have if, if he needed it, but he, and he's still doing fine to this day there. Um, and then there was a really, really emaciated one, very sickly that uh, we put into the vet and there, there's no way I could have brought her back anyway, but she ended up going with help to loom dogs and is now in a home and is fine. Uh, and yeah, you're right. There's a lot of them that came were, were also dogs that the community people were caring for. Mm-hmm. So they, they did have homes, so to speak, and were cared for by someone. Yeah, it's tough. It's, it's tough to know. But there was something, I guess, about Tulsa and Poncho, just the way that they were together there in that X pen. And I don't, I don't know. It's a look in a dog's eyes, maybe. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. You get a connection. But yeah, I mean, I've connected with hundreds and homed hundreds. So I think, and where this is going is dogs do find their own home. That was a little Poncho hopping off the bed in case one heard that. Um, they do find their own home and they do find uh where they they're supposed to be so yes we we uh poncho went back to british columbia and and tulsa came with me and about and while i had her i mean i'd homed hundreds of dogs and i i like that i like finding the right home for that dog and the people just in that bond that you see and some people find it really hard to let a dog go. I don't when I know it's the right home and, mm-hmm. and then the next one can come. So in the time period that I had Tulsa, which was about nine months, uh, you know, we went to the off-leash park and she was good on walks and she wasn't really big on people. She didn't, she could take them or leave them. She certainly wasn't aggressive, but, or hugely nervous. She just you know, she was fine the off-leash park and fine walking down the street. She just really didn't feel the need to take on any new friends. <laughs> so <laughs> happy in her own it space. was just her. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of thought I would be keeping her, which is rare for me, like I said, but I thought, eh. and I had also gone down to Costa Rica in that time period and brought back a number of dogs from there of which I had honed all except one. And she, and so that dog was living with me at this, this time. So it was about nine months later. And uh, I, I ended up having to move from my place in a big hurry because the house got infested with bed bugs, badly infested, and the landlord was doing nothing. So had to move in this huge hurry, which is difficult to do when you have bed bugs because it's hard to hire people and you have to be very careful. And they're not harmful to dogs. They don't attract themselves to dogs at all. But um, 
I was having a, I was by myself. So having a challenging time moving everything. And on that day, uh, this uh, couple that lives two and a half hours away that I had helped with their dog. They were, they're foster. They foster for one of the local rescues and they took in one of the most difficult dogs, a, a larger crossbreed that basically the, the rescue organization said, if, if Billy can't help you, then we have to put the dog down because it's very aggressive and we don't know what to do with them. So I had ended up helping them. It went very well, uh, that dog. And then they have a couple other dogs too. Mm-hmm. That dog ended up being fine. They kept that dog. They called me because they were in town, in my town, and said, hey, we're here. We had to come in for a, a doctor's appointment or whatever they had to come for. Uh, can we take you? I said, oh, I can't. I'm moving and I'm stressed. Well, they come along with their big truck and help me move and help me move anything, everything. And it was a lifesaver, an absolute lifesaver. So after everything got moved, we went out for a beer on a patio. And well, didn't Tulsa go over and just sit on his feet? And then all of a sudden on his lap. And I'm just in shock and I'm looking because as I said, she's not a people, you know, she, she's been to that patio plenty of times I will admit <laughs> I like beer I like beer on a patio with dogs so she's been there before so she was comfortable there she wasn't scared she wasn't nervous she liked the people around but she'd never done that and um and so I was wow I was really shocked so off they went they went home and and then a, a little bit later a couple of weeks later I ended up getting a client in the town outside of their town and so the other dog from Costa Rica that I had super is loved people, super laid back. And so I had someone come and walk her because I was going to be gone for about, I don't know, eight hours or something, 10 hours or something like that. So I had someone come and walk her, but I took Tulsa with me and I asked Brian and Stacy, I said, could you just dog sit her while I go and do this session? Because it's a couple hours long, too long for her to be in the car. Sure, sure. No problem. So they had a couple dogs, including that one that I had helped them with. They also had rescue rabbits and, oh my gosh, they're just wonderful people. So in Tulsa went, no problem. I went to do this session and then I came back and Tulsa came running up to see me. She was happy. Well, didn't she turn around and walk right back in there to Brian again (laughs) and just sat beside him? You know, her and, and the other dogs, you know, sort of connected with Stacy, but, but Brian is just this special person and Tulsa just, you know, that she just, that was her person. So I, I, I didn't think that they wanted another dog because they were quite, uh, quite, quite a full household. And, but they, they did live somewhat in, you know, an extremely small town in the prairies means that there's country right behind you. And, and so they weren't in downtown in a city, but so I went back to the city where I lived. And they got a hold of me and said, you know, we really would have liked it if I didn't know. So, well, then I drive out the next weekend, take Tulsa back again. And it was just, it was just magic. It's been, you know, they came in with Tulsa to visit a couple months later and yep, she was happy to see me and saw her brother and, you know, but she, she's Brian's, Brian's dog. And, you know, when, when, uh, Poncho and and David and I went out to visit them just to to go. I think it was David's birthday or something. We went out and 
Brian was sitting there and Poncho, who'd never met Brian and Poncho dislikes people even more technically than, well, Tulsa doesn't dislike people. Poncho does. He, mm-hmm. He's really picky. He went right up to Brian, jumped on his lap and Tulsa wasn't even there. He didn't even know Brian was Tulsa's person. And, it, you know, wow, it was incredible. They just, if that's the home, that was the home for her. And I'm just so pleased for her. And that's, that's her story. That's oh, Tulsa's nice. story. And, and once I told them the story on her name, yep, it's, it's everything's on Tulsa time. She just, and they, oh, I forgot to mention one of their dogs was an old senior dog that they had contemplated a couple times thinking that they were, were going to have to, to put to sleep because of just old age and sickness. They didn't. And then when Tulsa came along almost within weeks, it was like five years came off this dog. They said it was amazing. This dog just came around and, and Tulsa just changed their whole family dynamics. And then when I had my, my uh, book signing, I actually had it in that same uh, pub that originally I was talking about the patio that we had been on. It's a dog friendly pub. I had my book signing there and they came with all their dogs Sarge and Comet, the one that I had worked. Well, actually I had never met Comet. I had worked with them from a distance and uh, they all came in, including Comet, who had been incredibly aggressive, and Tulsa, who doesn't like people. They're all in. Nice. It was just amazing. Mm-hmm. It was so amazing. Yeah. So can we just go back a little bit? That's a that's such a, Huge a, a story. nice and Sorry. heartwarming story. And, yeah, you're right. Sometimes the the universe works in, in weird ways and, and dogs and people match up in yeah. un, unexpected ways journeys for both people and dogs but it's just it's just it's just right <laughs> in the end exactly <laughs> whether, dogs um, always know and whether they you know one one needs one more than the other sometimes things just just work out mm-hmm. very much so so i was going to ask going going back on the initial return from mexico with with tulsa so what other mm-hmm. you had other dogs still when she first came back into your home then? Uh, gosh, there's been so many. I think I had Alito. Uh, Alito came up. No, I think I, no, I had, Oh, gosh, I think I had none at that specific moment because I went down to this spay and neuter clinic and I wouldn't have gone, I don't think, if I had had. Mm -hmm. But I know that at one point, another Mexican dog was sent up. One of my clients went down for a vacation, which Mexico is a popular place where I live to go um, because there's direct flights or it's a small place where I live. So we have a smaller airport. It is international, but it doesn't have direct flights to a lot of places. And it does um, <clears throat> to Cancun. So Tulum is a popular place. So one of my clients was going down. So I connected her with the rescue organization, same with uh, Help Tulum Dogs. And they sent up Lido. And so Lido lived with, Tulsa and I for a while and Tulsa loved Lido and Lido ended up getting a, a great home in a, in a smaller town again. Uh, not actually a, quite a bit bigger than where Tulsa lives, but 
with a great man who had a couple rescue dogs as well. Lita was a, a funny, funny dog. Curly tail looked like a little pigtail. He was a, just a fun dog. He was a great dog. And then, oh, yeah, I had somewhere in there, I, I got the Costa Rican dogs. So how was Tulsa? Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, how, how was Tulsa's first sort of few weeks back at, at your place? That sort of. Oh, that's so funny. Tulsa, when we landed, it was, it, the Mexican flights come in in the middle of the night and our winters here are uh, minus 40. So I don't know what that means to where you are, cold. but what it generally means, very cold. <laughs> so seven, <laughs> seven minute frost, frostbite morning to exposed areas, extremely cold. So <laughs> I don't think it was quite that, but it, because it was November and that's normally January, February. But the, the day that she came back, which is ironic because it was just uh, yesterday and or four years ago, but yesterday and we had our first snowfall again. So, so I look back on pictures and there she is peeing in the snow. And I remember I had her wrapped in a blanket, came back and you know, wanted her to, I knew from the condo that she had, the condo was the first home she had been in. Mm -hmm. And then she uh, had peed outside there, but of course it's Mexico. So, but I put her down and there she peed right away in the snow. I was so proud of her and they do, they tend to do that. They tend to think this is weird. And they kind of, you know, they feel it a little bit. Some of them don't mind it at all. My old senior, mostly blind dog from Costa Rica, she could care less about the weather. She'll go out in anything. She just loves it. Um, Tulsa's pretty good in it. She runs through the snow. She she loved going out in the snow. And it's really sunny where I live. And the Mexican dogs love the sunshine. Mm -hmm. And so, but bringing her in, yeah, they a lot of them adapt very quickly and very easily. Some of them, you know, that's what I, I do professionally and for a living for for 30 years is integrate uh, rescue dogs in particular ones with checkered paths into new homes. So uh, some are, some adapt more easily and we adjust the way that we do it depending on the dog. Tulsa was, Tulsa was easy. She was easy. What, what sort of uh, setup do you have in the home for the dogs and like, where do they stay? Like, uh, do they have crates or do they free range in the home or? Here we are. We're home. Here's your home. Yeah. Some, I've even lived in, you know, like uh, apartment suites without outdoor access. I've lived in extremely small homes. Uh, if they want a crate, I'll set up a crate. They can go in it if they want, if, if they're more comfortable. But right away, we start with my integration program, which is dogs love it. It's very flexible depending on the dog, but it, it allows uh, that bond to happen very quickly allows that that uh, allows us to to teach very quickly and to learn from the dog and learn what's important to them. It's a it's a very simple process. Dogs love it. But no, I don't change my they, they can be on my bed or on my couch or wherever they mm -hmm. wherever they want to be. Um, obviously if they have a lot of fear or anxiety, which I address a lot, that's why sometimes I've gone through phases where I don't have dogs so I can bring in dogs with high-end aggression towards other dogs. Obviously, that's more difficult to do if I have dogs. But working one-on-one -on -one with people, those dogs stay stay with them. So if my clients have aggressive dogs, okay. um, then I'm working with them. But in my home, 
nope, they can just, there's no separate, nope, come right in, be part of my fam. <laughs> was there any 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 issues that you can recall with Tulsa being in a her first sort of inside of first home? Uh well I'd have to think back to the condo because she was in the condo for a bit in Mexico. Um she'd always been a little bit hesitant to eat. Mm-hmm. She was and hence probably why she was emaciated and and Poncho really cared for her. Poncho was very much a big brother. He grew up very quickly. They were about six months old when we met them at this um, spay and neuter clinic. And as I said, the the rescue organization had been gone going out to the community and just feeding the community dogs, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But I think Poncho really had to make sure Tulsa got food and ate because she was very shy. Mm. So she didn't really eat. She was a little bit hesitant to eat. So I incorporated what I, I'd had many dogs before that, that tend not to eat. And um, my method for doing that is very different. It's, it's not the hand feeding, but anyway, that's not really part of this, but she, she did, she, yeah, she loves eating. She's a very, very healthy, happy. Um, I should probably describe there. There are terrier crosses. Mm-hmm. I'm not a breed person, so it doesn't matter. But she, uh, her ears are so fantastically enormous <laughs> that when you look at her, when I found her, she's she's so funny because it's amazing she doesn't fall forward because her ears are so big and you know these lanky legs so did poncho these these lanky legs and this long thin tail and very thin and and just i would say that was probably and then again you know just being nervous to get close to people mm-hmm. but that uh you know she was very happy in the off-leash park which is a wonderful place for dogs to get used to people as well Oh, nice. And she was never aggressive, so. Do you have any favourite games that she liked to play? Um, she, like, she and her brother, they both like tug-of-war with toys mm-hmm. um, and fetch and, and sort of deke me out. They love that. They, they, you know, they're very much regular, happy family dogs. So you mentioned some toys, what? Any favorite toys? <laughs> well, I think stuffies, you know, ones that are stuffied, not so much the squeakies, just the stuffied. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do, they go in phases on what ones they like and don't like, and some that they favor more as a pet. Uh, I would say um, Tulsa really liked her raccoon, and she didn't, her raccoon was the only one that she didn't you know, chew was a toy, but more was a mate, right, I would say, or mm-hmm. they just, they find their ones and why, who knows? <laughs> so funny how they do that. And going out for walks and things like that, what was her sort of like regular routine? Oh, well, my schedule's really not regular. So the dogs that live with me learn to just be flexible on schedule. And they quite like that, actually. It, it You know, it's really almost impossible for a lot of people, like, except possibly retired people, but even they have, can have busy lives too. 
But always, always the morning one was to the off-leash park. And then that got everything. It got my head cleared. You know, we saw the other dogs and we saw our regular people that we loved. And she had her friends there. So that morning uh, trip to the off-leash park was always the the day setter and, and just super wonderful. And then after that, it was sporadic leash walks. Or maybe we'd head back to the off-leash park again, depending on how my day was. Okay. What about um, hiking and things like that? Did you do much of that with you? Yeah, hiking in hiking in um, Saskatchewan is interesting because, like I said, it's just one big long field. (laughs) 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 There's not really any hills here, or sort of, you know, there's a lot of there's a a man made one of we one of the largest man made lakes. And there's a big path around that and we'll walk around that and lots of people walking their dogs Mm -hmm. where she lives now. They do take her out uh, just past their, they have a large, large yard area. It's not a yard. It's an area. It's all fenced. But once they go past that, they're out to the, out to the country and they go out there. And like I said, they can just run because you can see them forever and they can see you and there's no traffic and, there's wildlife, but they're fast. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned wildlife. Any in- interesting encounters with other species? We live in the most interesting city. And when I moved here, I'm not from here. When I moved here, you you almost think you're on some kind of weird hallucinogenic trip because there's these rabbits everywhere. They are rabbits that are, they live in the city and they live in the outskirts of the city. They're literally walk down the road and they're the size of, they're quite large. They can be quite large and very fast. And you're thinking, do people know that there's rabbits? Like, <laughs> large hairs, maybe, maybe they're hairs, um, but they, 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 they're there. So moving here as a behaviorist, people would say, I'd like my dog not to lunge and bark at the rabbits the same way in other places I lived where dogs would do that to squirrels or cats, but but the rabbits are everywhere. It's, it's the strangest thing. It's like, you're thinking, am I really seeing these? Big challenge for for the dogs there, I think. It is. It's a huge, yeah. Which, and I've, I, a lot of the rescue dogs that I work with come from Spain and they're the Galgos and they get treated horribly there, not by everyone, but they can have horrible lives and there's rescues in Canada that bring them in. And it's funny because they're trained to hunt rabbits. So here they are coming to a city where we have rabbits. Maybe we should rethink this game plan. (laughs) But we also have um, coyotes and that we have to be careful with them for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And Fox, you know, so we, we do have to be careful with the wildlife with the dogs. So you mentioned just before uh, a large lake. How is Tulsa with the water? Oh, good question. Well, there's a big river that runs through the off-leash park as well. That uh, And she never really went in it. She doesn't like her baths. <laughs> she doesn't, she's not a big fan of water. Uh, you know, you sort of joke that these dogs are beach dogs, but she actually was a, a little Pueblo dog, little village dog. So no, she's not a big fan of the water. 
<laughs> just that little bit of an extra challenge when you're doing some grooming. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So she never really fought against it, but uh, I don't know if I showed you a picture, but there's one where her ears are just back and we're talking these big ears, right? So you'd think it was a totally different dog because after a bath, ooh, she had her ears back and she would give me her like little look with her beady black eyes just piercing me and her ears were flat against her head, just looking at me like I was the most evil creature ever because <laughs> I gave her a bath. <laughs> so I know you said um, she's done a, uh, some traveling with you on road trips. Did, did you do many of those? Oh yeah, she was always good in the car. She liked road trips. Uh, yeah, you can you can travel around, go to different walking areas and hikes. Yeah, like you said, there are uh, quite a lot of um, provincial parks here, and we would travel out to those and go walk around. She she could be off leash depending on how busy it was. Summers in those areas are really busy, so you'd have to be careful and considerate. But but other times. Yeah, we depend depending what other dogs I had at the time as well. Mm -hmm. But yeah, and lots of lots of big parks and open area here and hop in the vehicle and go out and run around. Oh yeah. So she maybe that's another reason why she picked her own home out there because <laughs> not a lot of people and a lot of open area suits Tulsa well. Mm -hmm. Do you think her behavior changed a lot between the sort of seasons that you have there, particularly when it did get colder? Yeah, we do have four seasons. Um, absolutely. Um, well, man, I remember her just running through the snow, catching those rabbits, well, not catching the rabbits, but chasing the rabbits. She loved the snow. No, she would. And I think she liked the winter a lot because there were fewer people out. And And like I said, she didn't mind people, but she... Her preference would be to just run free and, and, you know, she can never catch the rabbits and they end up deking it here and there, but, and she'd always come back, but man, she loved, she had long legs and well, still does. Um, and she just could jump through that snow. And then in the, in the summer, yeah, more of the off-leash park and playing with the dogs and mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think she was an all-season dog. I never thought of that. I would say she was an all-season dog. Nice. What would you say would be her one of her favourite pastimes that, you know, I don't know, it's always hard to interpret, but one of her favourite sort of activities to do? Well, currently now it's snuggle with her new dad, Brian. She lives and dies for him. She just adores him and does everything with him. And she really cares for the other dogs in that home. I think, I think, I don't know how she knew they had a bunch of other dogs, but I, I know she did because when she first met them, when they had come in, they, they didn't have their dogs with them. They live near other family members who will come in and take care of their dogs. So uh, if they're gone a long time. Oh, so nice. I, I think she loves caring for other dogs it's almost like she learned that from poncho maybe and she knew poncho cared for her so now she cares for the other dogs and and just you know emotionally and 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 physically cuddles with them and they all hang out on their couch and she's just she 
she just has fit right in where she is. Oh, beautiful. Good. Ask you to complete the sentence. I, I can't believe my dog ate. Oh my gosh. I've been thinking on this one because I've listened to others of your podcasts and you always have that question. And, <laughs> and there doesn't have to be a, an, an answer. Quite a few people. You know what? My, my maybe, <laughs> maybe because Tulsa never really ate and wasn't comfortable eating, maybe that's the end of the sentence. I can't believe Tulsa ate. Eight. <laughs> Eight. <laughs> maybe I'll cheat on this one and just be so happy that Tulsa ate oh, and a- just ate all sorts of things. And I can't believe she loves eating. And, and that's, and, <laughs> and maybe I'll just, Scoot around that one. No, it's not a scooting around. She never chewed anything. She she never chewed anything bad. She never. I can't remember her. That's a there good. That's been a, dogs that I have. A great answer. Not Tulsa. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um. So, with the maybe both places that you've had that she stayed at, did she have a find herself a favourite spot in the in the condo or in the house or? Inside, outside? Yeah, she likes, um, she's she's right on the bed or right on the couches. Yeah, she's, some dogs prefer their dog beds and some like to be, you know, under in a cubby or in a crate or wherever they choose. I just let them choose their own place. She was always, as her brother, right, right up on the bed. Um. Apart from the original condition when she came back with you, what about uh, health? Were there any major sort of like vet visits or anything like that? Super healthy. And she had, aside from being thin when she came back, she was healthy enough to get all her shots and and to get the vet. Uh, So, you know, you have to get all the paperwork done and everything, and the vet has to give approval of health before coming into Canada. Um, there's no quarantine period, but they do have to have all that uh, properly done. So she passed all that. She was healthy. She was just needed more food. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so no, a lot of these dogs are very healthy and they easily adapt. So no, she's she she can be prone, which is kind of ironic to ear infections. She has such huge ears, <laughs> but it's it's you know just a matter of keeping them clean. Was there ever a time where you were really like scared or worried about something that she'd done? No, no. I I I really wanted her to be comfortable, so. I'd like her, you know, I wanted her to be more comfortable with people and in, in, you know, so that she didn't have to be nervous all the time. And, and that did, that did come around because I did live. Now, when I say in a city, I'm not talking, you know, New York by any means, it's a small city slash large town, but there's people around. So she did get used to them, but I, I am kind of glad that she lives in a small town and doesn't have to be uncomfortable with lots of people all the time. Mm-hmm. I know you meant, uh, mentioned the the, the Offley Dog Park um, and, uh, with a river flowing through it, so I'm guessing it's a, a reasonable size. 
It is. It's large and it can be busy. And on the weekends in the summer, there can be close, you know, at certain times, there can be 50, 60, 80, 90 dogs in there. Wow. It's it's large. Mm-hmm. It's very large and lots of people. And and there's not trees. I mean, we, we, we do have trees here, but not, you know, there's some areas large off-leash dog parks that are paths through forest this is you can see everything you can you can see <laughs> you can see everything <laughs> yeah, the, the off-leash dog parks quite often polarize people when you say oh yes we go there but obviously um Tulsa had always positive experiences there Yes, and you're right. They can, but people have their opinions on them and they have their experiences there. And I just always base it on whether the dog likes it and whether the dog is happy. Um, I've had dogs that they're fine with dogs. They like dogs, but they have, you know, it's, it's, that's not their happy place. So we don't go there. They don't do anything wrong there. They just don't, you know, Lido, who I, who I spoke about earlier, and that was from the song, uh, well, for by Boss Skag, so I yes. won't get into that. But anyway, so Lido and, and Tulsa really enjoyed. Um, oh, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, they really enjoyed the off-leash park together. Um, yeah, and I do think it helped her get used to people. Did they have any yeah. sort of like special doggy friends there? Yeah, I think that's a that's a neat thing about the dog park too. Is some people do find the time of day that they go that's best and has their their groups and um you know, for me it's almost it's almost my second home. It's my office. I do a lot of training there whether it's on the outside of the off-leash park or in the off-leash park. Um so I know a lot of people there. It is a comfort zone and and yeah, it was such a pleasure now that I'm thinking back on it, going with her. She was so fast, fastest, fastest dog. Everybody loved watching her run. Mm-hmm. She loved the Galgos. I would take her there with because the, they the Galgos are extremely fast. Ex- extreme like they're 60K. Like they're they're very, very 60 miles an hour. Um anyway, they're extremely fast. So was she so, uh, would you say she preferred uh chasing or being chased? I would say chasing. Good question. I would say chasing, but she had her friends and the dogs that she knew it was back and forth and it mm-hmm. didn't matter. And yeah, now that, yeah. And she'd even slow down for the slower dogs. <laughs> <laughs> nice. She would slow down for the slower dogs and speed up with the faster ones. She was always a dog's dog. She Dogs really like her. They feel, they, they just really feel an attachment to her. She really cares for other dogs. And I do believe that stems back from when she lived in the Pueblo and, and dogs, you know, took care of her. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned your work. Did she sort of like assist you and like be like a part of your training with other dogs? Did you use her as a, like a demo dog type thing or...? Hmm. It's funny that you asked that because I now use her brother. Uh, now I do train one-on-one and it's with the the people. I don't do classes and I don't bring my dogs necessarily, but uh, they both are very, you know, if we do need to have a more controlled so that we know the other dog and the other person and have it a little more controlled, they're both very good at that. Yeah, they both 
adapt to the other dog and liked it. And yeah, that's interesting that you asked that. Best teacher for a dog is another dog. Yeah, you know, it's true. It's it's once we're we're in the um the area that we're working. So we go to there's a lot of being Canada, there's a lot of ice rinks, public ice rinks mm-hmm. that are just open. So until it actually freezes, they actually are uh, community off-leash areas. So they're not huge parks, but they're just people can go if they don't have a yard Mm -hmm. or they just want to meet up with different people and dogs. And so we'll go to these community ice rinks because there's literally hundreds of them being Canada. So they're not always busy. And that's where we'll do these training. And, And yeah, I'll take Poncho. And before that, I would have taken Tulsa and... And yeah, basically they're doing the session for me. Yeah. Just getting that dog to learn how to play or to play, you know, probably to meet or, you know, come when called when playing with the dog, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Like it, it. it is. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We could talk about everything. Like, you, you get my brain stimulating. You get my memory going because I'm the kind of person I'm always on to the next. Always. It's nice to actually think back. So- Anything else coming to mind, like uh, any sort of uh, adventures or incidents that you can that like to share? Oh wow, she's yeah she she was an amazing dog. I would just say her ability to to adapt to such new and different environments and just find the people that she trusts and and make her own perfect little life for herself. And and if you know, your listeners are thinking about adopting a dog or, you know, they can do it You, you and you can do it as people, you can bring these dogs into your lives and, and you can do it and, and you can find that dog or let that dog find you that works for you and fits into your life. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. That certainly is. Do you want to let the listeners know a little bit more about you and where to find you on the social media? Sure. Uh, my business is Upward Dogology, which is Upward U-P-W-A-R-D, which stands for Urban People with Adopted and Rescued Dogs. It's an acronym standing for mm-hmm. that. Uh, so UpwardDogology.com, and I'm on Instagram and LinkedIn. I'm Billy Groom. But yeah, if you have any questions or just, you know, there's there's lots of client videos on Instagram if people like watching dogs have, you know <laughs> there's a, i have 7000 dog videos and photos <laughs> and <laughs> some of these questions are sort of where do i start but yeah i love my clients and i i love uh i mean i also work with clients who have got their dog from puppy and and have dog have purebred dogs as well um but the dogs over 6 months and and the rescued dogs are or what I work with, but that's not what this this podcast is about. But thank you for that uh, for that offer. It's been a pleasure talking to you and hearing about Tulsa. It's a, it is a, a little bit different because uh, Tulsa sort of moved th- into your life for a period of time, and then and then has happily found the next sort of level and and area where she's going into. So, well, thank you for accepting Tulsa as. The featured dog for that reason because it she she currently isn't my dog but in my heart she is they they yeah in my heart she still she has a special place she's a great dog thank you so much robert absolutely take care thank you very again
Thank you very much for listening. I hope that you enjoy the show. Thank you to our new listeners in Calabasas in the US and in Archway in the UK. I would really appreciate it if you would tell a friend and spread the word on this podcast and how awesome dogs are. If you want to go the extra step and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to, it would also be appreciated. Until next week, stay safe and remember, your dog is family. 